This podcast is sponsored by Wessler Engineering. At Wessler Engineering, their number one priority is developing and maintaining their clients' loyalty and trust by providing the highest quality of service and treating their clients as an extension of the Wessler Engineering family. Founded in 1975, Wessler specializes in wastewater, drinking water, and stormwater projects, providing services ranging from master planning and design to construction administration and process energy audits. Their team is passionate, skilled, and ready to go above and beyond for you. They are dedicated to bringing your vision to life with each and every project and take pride in their work. That's why at Wessler Engineering, their clients are more than a project. Wessler Engineering is the proud sponsor of the AIM Municipal Management Institute Education Program. This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story. Welcome to this edition of AIM's Hometown Innovations Podcast. This is Chelsea Schneider, AIM Innovations Content Manager. And today I am with two representatives from the Indiana Housing Community Development Authority. We are with Kim Harris, who is the Home Ownership Director and Alan Rakowski, who is the Rental Housing Tax Credit Manager. And we hear from our mayors and town leaders all the time that housing is such a big dynamic issue for their communities. So we're hoping to learn a lot about these programs. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to pick up some um, information that you might not have known about the programs. So I'm just gonna start out by asking, tell me the basics of what you do, the basics of your programs, what you do for communities. Sure. So, yeah, so I can start. Uh, the, the program I manage at IHCDA is a rental housing tax credit program. And what that is, just kind of a brief brief description, is that that program, it's a, it's a federal program. Uh, it's an indirect federal subsidy used to finance the construction and rehab of affordable housing uh, for those that are low and moderate income households around the state. Uh, the way that it works is it provides a tax incentive to encourage private market, uh, the private market to invest in the development of affordable housing. Whereas without this incentive, it, it may not happen otherwise. Um, so every state gets an allocation of credits from the IRS. Um, what the states then do uh, is allocate these credits through a competitive process where developers and housing developers apply for these credits. Uh, usually most states have you know, one or two cycles a year. Indiana has one, one main application round per year. And when we get the applications, we go ahead and, and review them and rank them by points to determine which ones will be funded. Um, so the really the, I think the, the what's unique about this program is that it's a private uh, public partnership so what happens is that the developers who apply for the credits uh, if they're awarded credits they get an allocation of tax credits and they then sell those to investors who then can use the tax credits for their federal li- or for their tax liability uh, and then in turn they take an ownership stake in the development um, so in exchange for the developers selling the tax credits to these investors, there, there's a long-term commitment of 30 years that these units have to be uh, rent and income restricted to ensure that they're affordable. Uh, and and if, they're, if they're not, if something happens where they're, they go out of compliance, those credits are at risk of being potentially recaptured. So 
Uh, that's the basics of how it works. IHDA gets about 18 million annually in credits, which we allocate through one competitive application round. Uh, and really, the you know cities and towns around the state are the beneficiaries of this, and that the you know the Indiana's credits go towards um, developments in Indiana communities, uh, which then um, are used to either either rehab existing affordable housing or create new affordable housing. Um, so it's it's definitely a benefit to the you know to the entire state. Uh, we we fund different. Um, uh, really all, all, all parts of the state um, we, we typically go into, whether it's large metro areas or smaller rural communities. Uh, and, and certainly cities and, and towns um, you know, can, can, can be proactive if they see that there's a need in their community for housing. They don't have to wait for a housing developer to come to them. They can be proactive and, and try to find developers who have done similar types of projects to try to encourage uh, that to happen in their community. Okay. I'm Kim Harris. I'm the Home Ownership Director. Uh, the programs that we utilize are basically uh, those that provide down payment assistance and or a tax credit to individuals when they're looking to purchase a home. These can be for first-time home buyers or non-first-time home buyers. So it just encourages those individuals that maybe don't think they have the ability to buy a home, we give them that ability through the tax credits and or through down payment assistance. So physically, yes, borrowers, there is a way to get into a home and there is down payment assistance available for you and we're the agency that administers that. Cities and town leaders, you can help us a lot if you could just contact your, your lenders and your, we're specifically your realtors in your area and make them aware of our program so we can get more borrowers and homes. It's great. When we are out in our communities, we hear a lot about leaders and town leaders wanting to add housing to their communities, wanting to improve their housing stock. When you all are out in the field, um, what housing issues are you seeing in Indiana's communities, and how do your programs kind of work to overcome that? Sure. So this is Alan. I, I can start with that. You know, I think overall what we see is, is I think you can say globally, is just a, a lack of affordable housing, uh, and that's that's really the one of the direct purposes of, of the uh, rental housing tax credit program. But I guess more specifically, you know, we're seeing around the state. Uh, uh, some of the trends emerging is that there's uh, oftentimes um, not enough housing to accommodate workers. So we, we kind of workforce housing is kind of the buzz right now because a lot of uh, communities around the state have very low unemployment rates. They have a lot of jobs, but they don't necessarily have the housing to, uh, to be able to house those workers. Um, so we see that there is, seems to be a shortage in different parts of the state of affordable housing close to where the jobs are. And we, we used our program to set aside um, 10% of our credits for developments that meet that specific objective. Uh, we also see a lack of affordable housing for tenants that are of, have a very extremely low income. So typically, um, we define low income as um, you know 60% of area median income or below. Uh, we, we see you know tenants or individuals that are as, as low as 30 or, or, or even be below that. Uh, and oftentimes, there's just not affordable housing available for them. So we, we use the, the, our program as well to try to incentivize uh, a mix of, uh, of income ranges and, and, and incentivizing through a scoring mechanism to, to really target um, those tenants that have very low incomes or have maybe had uh, needs because of that. Uh, and then the other thing I'd say is we, you know, we see there are a lot of vulnerable, popu vulnerable populations around the state. You know, one particular there are those that are suffering from homelessness or have been homeless in the past. Uh, and, and what we see is that we, we you know, again, with IHCDA, we, we um, believe in what's called a housing first kind of approach where we, we feel as if uh, to be able to address the barriers that they face, they need to have supportive and stable housing um, to even be able to get into to, to look at uh, whatever it is that has caused them to become homeless. So uh, 
uh, we utilize our, our tax credit program as well to, to set aside credits specifically for developments that are going to offer not just housing but flexible and intensive services to help stabilize those who may have experienced homelessness. So those are a few of the, I think, more, more specific areas that we see around the state where there certainly is a need. And for us, I, I echo everything Alan said, the biggest thing is there is no inventory. And that's just summed right up. There's no houses for sale. Make it very simple. There's plenty of mortgage programs. There's plenty of money out there to fund mortgages. The interest rates are still very affordable. There's down payment assistance programs. There's programs to help most borrowers get into a home. The problem, there's no homes to buy. For municipalities who want to tap into your programs, what should they know? Um, what are some of the ways that they can really prepare themselves to meet these opportunities? Yeah, on, on the, the, you know, the rental housing tax credit side, I think it's, it's, it's good to know kind of how IHCDA administers the credits. So as I mentioned earlier, we have, we have one main application round per year that uh, typically is towards the end of July. Um, and the, the, really the, the, uh, the policies and procedures and, and what you, I guess you could call the playbook for how to, to, how to apply for tax credits is, is through a document called the Qualified Allocation Plan or the QAP for short. We update that every two years, and that is kind of the guidebook for, for how to apply for credits, what the requirements are, what our, uh, uh, I guess, evaluation factors are. Um, and that then in turn drives, I think, the type of housing that we see, rental housing applications that we see around the state. And it, we're intentional about that, making sure that our, our policies are, um, you know, helping to encourage developments that are not just providing housing, but opportunities, being in areas that have, uh, you know, access to, to opportunities and, and amenities. So I think cities and, 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 and towns around the state, um, I think we do encourage them just to be, be aware, first of all, of the program, uh, and to know that um, you know, developers, uh, we're fortunate in Indiana, we have very strong development community that are very invested in the program. When they see the, the, our QAP come out, they see kind of what IHG Day is looking for, uh, and then they look around the state for, for potential fits for that. So, uh, many times cities or towns uh, may be approached by a developer saying, you know, they, there's, uh, there's a certainly, uh, I think, a good chance that we can pr provide or additional or even maybe uh, the first, for the first time affordable housing in your community. Uh, but then cities and towns also can, can, as I mentioned earlier, can be proactive. If they, if they see that there really is the need, uh, certainly they, they, you know, they can work. They can, they can talk to IHCDA directly. We could try to put them to, in touch with uh, developers, uh, other other types of um, entities that, that do that type of work. Um, so I think really the key is to you know get become familiar with IHCDA, uh, learn a little about their programs, um, and then you know don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, if, if a developer doesn't reach out to you directly, or if you need help in reaching a developer or, or how to make things happen, we certainly can can try to try to provide direction on that. And for us, it's quite simple. It's just a simple word: awareness. Make them aware of the programs that we have available. Municipalities, please, contact your lenders. Contact your realtors in, the, in your area and say, hey, there are programs out there for first-time homebuyers. There are programs out there for non-first-time homebuyers. To echo Alan's point, if you want to know more, contact us. We'll be happy to give the information. But above all, at least call us and give us a try. Definitely. You know, tell me some unique projects that you've seen utilizing your programs, you know, when a municipality's really taking your program and kind of put like an innovative type spin on it? Sure. Uh, for, I think, you know, a few that come to mind for me um, for uh, the, uh, the rental housing tax credits, uh, uh, you know, I think first of all, we're, we're 
every year we probably fund about between 15 and 20 new developments through our, our competitive application cycle. And then all of them, I think, are very beneficial, but some do stand out. You know, one, one that comes to mind is a project called the Mercantile in Alexandria, Indiana. Uh, what that was, uh, or what that is, is a, a, a project that really addressed, I think, multiple needs in the community. So uh, downtown Alexandria, back in, I think, 2014, around that time, they had a downtown grocery store that closed, uh, and they created a food desert uh, so that there really was no uh, easy access to, to um, produce and groceries for the, for the residents of Alexandria. Uh, a developer looked at that and thought, why, why don't we try to um, use that structure uh, and, and create a mixed-use development that has, provides both a new grocery store operator and affordable housing. So they, you know, it, it wasn't an easy task, uh, but, uh, but they were successful in that. In that, in, in, Towards the end of 2017, they were successful in recruiting a, a new grocery store operator. It's now Horner's Midtown Market in downtown Alexandria, and, and it has with it also 24 affordable rental units. Uh, both as part of the um, as part of the same structure as a grocery store, but also some standalone units uh, adjacent to it. So that I think was a really um, I think unique uh, type of way to to address not just the need for housing, but the need I think for for uh, the, 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 the the entire community has not just those that are living in the units, but the the, the need for housing combined with um, using economies of scale to create two types of developments within one kind of one footprint. Another good example. Um, was one that we saw in Tell City, Indiana. So this is one that would, uh, was uh, looking to to really utilize uh, what was a vacant site on the on the Ohio River. It was a former brownfield, which had been the site had been demolished, but now it was just basically vacant land. It was in a real prime location, right on the river, uh, and just down the street from efforts that the Tell City was undertaking to uh, to renovate their visitor center. So. Uh, River Point Apartments in Tell City was a new construction of 40 units of affordable senior housing uh, right there on the Ohio River, uh, with a, actually with a rooftop terrace, uh, which we, uh, a number of us have been able to visit and, and see, which is really, I think, utilized and, and, and took, I think, um, what are some of the real assets of, of Tell City, uh, and using that to help spur redevelopment. As I mentioned, it's adjacent to a newly renovated uh, visitor center. And also, you know, using space on the first floor for, uh, you know, carving out space for um, the local business. So we, we also will see a tax credit developments may have uh, space set out for kind of mixed use. You know, the, the, the grocery store example is, a, I think, a larger scale, but also we'll see um, types of developments that maybe first floor carved out for whatever the, whatever type of businesses may be uh, in need in that community. And, and, and what we saw when we were there most recently is that a local ice cream shop and, and um, a distributor has used that space, kind of a local, one that has a lot of presence in that local community. So just a real innovative, I think, uh, development that's doing, again, beyond, more than just providing affordable housing. So I think those are two, two examples that stand out to me. That's great. Yeah, those projects are really awesome. So, you know, as we wrap up the podcast, is there anything else you want our municipal members to know or any kind of like final advice that you can offer them in terms of interacting with these two really important programs. I think just echoing what you know, both I think Kim and I have said is is you know get get to know us, um, get to get to know our programs. You know, it, it, our website there's a lot of information on there. So I think maybe start by going to who are some names, and I think certainly myself and Kim are, are I think both individuals that would be happy to talk more to towns and communities um, to to just to learn about how the programs work. Uh, you know. These examples, these successful examples are also, I think, worth going to look at uh, to, to see, especially 
uh, if you're in a part of the state where you're close to these communities or if you want to find about other communities that have done um, these, these types of rental housing developments. You know, they, as I said, we we're fortunate that these are all around the state. The program has been around for uh, 30 years, so they're, they're, I think they're good examples all throughout the state. Uh, another one I think is just, you know, these, this program can be really effective, I think, in helping to aid redevelopment. Uh, a comprehensive community redevelopment is certainly something that, that we see quite a bit. And, you know, it seems as, as if almost every Indiana town or city has, um, you know, whether it's small or, or large, maybe has a downtown building that's vacant. Uh, and I think that's one thing that the programs are really successful in, in Indiana is that we, we try to, to make it so that the uh, uh, maybe structures that have historical or local significance um, can be brought back to life by utilizing our program and creating housing. And we have, I think, really good examples of this um, in, in multiple places around the state. So I, I guess get, get to know us as I, IHCDA. We can put you in touch with, um, you know, with, with developers we work with that have done these things and, and, and go out and see. Go out and see you know, what, what's been done and we'd be happy to aid, aid in that process. I believe Alan's 100% correct. The operative word is awareness. Uh, if you have a housing need, why don't you call us and ask us if we can help. It doesn't hurt. Won't cost a dime. Give it a shot and see if we can't offer some assistance someplace. We'd be happy to listen. Great. Well, I really appreciate your time on the podcast today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. This podcast was sponsored by Wessler Engineering.